Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Ocean is where I go to find peace and a place where I belong. It's where I feel most alive. The thing that keeps me going is the thought of what is out there. It's the holy grail for any surfer, the perfect wave. And one surfer, Kirby Brown, found his literally at the ends of the earth. I've always had my own personal demons. When I don't have the ocean, I tend to turn to alcohol and drugs. I could see it in his eyes. It was like a determination to self-destruct. I feel like we're all just forced to be part of this machine. And that's the monster I've, I've been trying to get away from my whole life. I'm pushing myself as far as I can, but that comes at a heavy cost. It's like getting me to come to their funeral. So many of those waves is on a dry rock. If you hit your head, good chance you're not coming up. You know, you could do everything right and it doesn't matter in some of these waves. There's no water! This is rock! Why do we do this again? Maybe I'm searching for something that's not even there. It's a beautiful thing to see that connection he has with the ocean. There's a huge fear in not coming home to my family and not being there for my kids. Bye, sweetie. Bye, Dad. I really don't want to have those thoughts going through my head while I'm trying to do what I do. I don't think it will end until, yeah, until we can't do it anymore. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 417. Releasing March 10 in cinemas across Australia is Facing Monsters, a documentary that tells the story of Kirby Brown, a slab wave surfer from Western Australia whose obsession with the ocean brings glorious highs and life-threatening lows. A visually mesmerizing documentary about addiction, connection and family Facing Monsters is also the latest film from director Bentley Dean, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Bentley, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. You know, first thing I wanted to ask you was when I watched this movie and I saw the opening scenes, to me, it really personified a few of the themes in the movie. Um, one of them is the beauty of nature and the brutality that can really wreck upon someone. And it starts off with... Uh, is, is, is it Lake Hillia in uh, Lake Hillia in Western Australia? That pink ocean, that pink kind of lake where uh, um, um, Kirby is lying down on at the start of the film. Is that the location at the start of the film? 
I actually don't even know the name of the the, the, the lake. I think it might be because yeah. I, I, like, I, was, I was just I had to find it. I had to find out what it was. Yeah. Um, I, and so you have that scene, and then it follows up with a bloodied and broken Kirby Brown, and like just the the parrot, the juxtaposition between the two is just really kind of stunning to me. When you're in there in the editing booth with your editors, was that something that kind of comes out about um, organically when you are making that kind of shots, or is that something you always had in mind? Um, like in, in post-production when putting it all together? Yeah, look, um, uh, it, 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 I didn't know even how the Pink Lake would be used at all, uh, you know, prior, prior to the, um, uh, the edit. I didn't even, I didn't even know, know what it meant, you know, <laughs> the, the Pink Lake. So to, you know, explain to your viewers, it's, it's, it's Kirby, an aerial shot of Kirby on a flat Pink Lake, you know, with his surfboard spread eagled and looking up towards the heavens and you yeah. slowly track into him. And um, look, uh, that, that shot actually just came about from me just researching um, where Kirby lived and grew up and, and it was close to a, a very important wave, uh, important break that, that he surfed. And it really struck me as an image. And I was actually thinking at the time, um, uh, I didn't know how I was going to use it, but I was thinking at the time, how do you depict you know the subconscious or the or the um i guess the the internal um uh thought processes emotion of a guy you know who is possibly going through the trauma of a, a really bad a really bad um wipeout or or um uh, i don't know who was in love or, or or anything how do you depict that subconscious without being literal and um uh so we just filmed it we just thought okay don't know what this means yet and this is prior to any you know anything bad happening um and it, it it turned out that that worked you know just beautifully um uh with uh representing exactly that that state um in the in the edit when it when did it come out about in the edits like um there were various as as with all my films like there's you know a million and one beginnings until you get to the very end of the the process and you go like no that's it that's mm. the strongest start and um uh, it's a very very long shot, which is very unusual, I think, for a for a, a film. And I thought I was being brave, and you know, in making it such a such a long shot. And then my uh, brilliant uh, one of the editors on the film, Tanya Nemi, who I've collaborated with on the last ten years, actually insisted that it had to be even longer. Right. <laughs> and, so, and I think it's absolutely the right decision. It really draws you into his world, like like nothing else I've seen, actually. It's to me, it was mm. just absolutely stunning because that mm. long, long shot does draw you. Because number one, you looked at this kind of this abnormality of the, of the Pink River itself, right? So you're trying to think on that, and then you're looking at Kirby, and then that snap to that other scene it just it just really caught me. Just made me hold my breath. It was just fantastic. Mm. I wanted to talk about um, Kirby himself. You know, I, I think he came to a lot of people's attention back in 2008. It was uh, he was on a video. He did this 40 foot, 42 foot wave down in Western Australia where it was, it became kind of like a viral sensation. Mm. And that's where a lot of people kind of knew of him. What about yourself? Is that the first time you came across uh, Kobe Brown? Or did you know him beforehand? Did you know him after? When did, that kind of, when did he kind of come on your radar? Yeah, look, I have to fess, make, make, make a, set, let everyone know that I'm not a surfer. <laughs> Straight yeah. up, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, look, um, uh, he didn't come onto my radar until I got a telephone call out of the blue uh, saying, um, would you be interested in directing this documentary? Um, uh, uh, it, it had been actually the film project itself had had many incarnations over many years, possibly even since that 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 event, that that amazing, amazing wave. 
um, and it got into the stage where it was all fully financed and um, a great documentary filmmaker by the name of Jeffrey Smith had actually started directing it for two weeks but uh, had to pull out for personal reasons after the first two weeks and so the, I got a call to to come over so that's when he he got on my radar and of course like you know I just jammed you know my head full of um, uh, you know facts and footage and what Jeffrey told me and talking to Kirby himself and um, thought okay this is this is an extraordinary story extraordinary potential um, and uh, leapt at the opportunity uh, particularly to you know actually visit some of those uh, locations that you don't ordinarily get to see like this is the, some of the wildest places in the world and mm. and you're, you're 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 given entree to them by someone who knows them intimately so so it seems to me that Kirby is a kind of person who has a very kind of small, but kind of like loyal kind of, uh, kind of people around him. He has his family, he has his brother, his wife, his dad, his mum. He is very kind of insular in a way that he lives his life. He kind of like lives on the edges of Western Australia, so he's near those monsters. When it comes to a person like yourself that he's never met before, is it, is it kind of hard to kind of like crack the kind of veneer and get in there? and Because uh, you have to talk to him and feature a lot of personal things about his life that he might not have shared before. Was it kind of hard to kind of delve into his life and kind of settle up next to him and, and become part of his clique, so to say? Yeah, I think like, you know, with it, with any film, it's all about trust um, between, it doesn't matter, you know, who it is. It could be someone who doesn't even speak the same language. Like it's, it's always the same sort of process. You've got to develop a level of trust, you know, before, um, people are willing to reveal um especially sensitive things you know about themselves and and i guess uh like i approached it like any other film like i just was just very honest and i was myself and you know that you hope that you 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 connect in some way i was told in advance that he's very shy and mm. he's that he's not very articulate and all of these sort of things and um I just found I'm not sure what your opinion is, um, but I, I by the end of the film I think think that he's like a poet, like he's yes. extremely expressive in and and one of the best sort of thought tracks and in interviews I've, I've ever I've ever you know um, elicited you know in a film. So um, and the process was we had to hit the hit the ground running. We'd had lots of telephone calls before it started, but I was told to sort of like take it easy once we. You know, uh, got to see each other. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to launch straight into filming. And we went to his what he said that was his most spiritually important place, and just started rolling on that, just to just to see how it go, go uh, what goes. And he and he totally went with it. And I guess that set the tone uh, for the filming. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Eighties Tees. Eighties Tees is an online retailer of licensed T-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. 
The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is also brought to you by Vudu. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. You said before mm. you're not a surfer. Having said that, though, you are you know, documenting a person whose life is practically most of the time in the, in the water, in the ocean. Mm. That's where he finds mm. his solace. That's where mm. his passion is. Are you in there with him in the water? Are you on boats? Are you on jet skis? Or you leave that to someone else? Yeah, look, it's definitely not someone else doing the filming. Rick Rafici was the cinematographer, and it was he's a really good friend of Kirby, has been for years, and has filmed him over years, actually, on water. And, in fact, that's the real genesis of this story, um, is that they wanted to get a film up and, you know, spent years trying to get it up and... Um, uh, and had very many different forms, and and um, you know finally it's taken taken this form. Um, look, uh, I um, uh, I wasn't on the water. There was a support vessel, you know, around, and and in the climactic scenes of the film, that's where he ends up after you know having a um, a, a a collision with a reef, a bad collision with a reef. Um, uh, but you know Rick's cinematography is like world class. Yeah. Uh, there's no one better than him, I think. And and he had the the wherewithal, almost the sixth sense, you know, to 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 know where Kirby would be, you know, when he finally surfaces out the water and he's there and he keeps on rolling and is um, manages to capture that sort of uh, I guess the um, the uh, the emotion and the and the personality of the environment in which um, Kirby calls home. It's not only the personality, it's the power and, and the violence of it as well. It's not an intentional violence. I mean, nature is nature. It does what it does, and the ocean mm. does what it does. And, mm. But it's so incredibly awe-inspiring and intimidating as well to look at it. Mm. I always had moments in the film where I was looking, of just immersed with the imagery that I was, that I was watching, mm. but I was kind of trembling at the same time because the cinematography, it's so visceral. It almost mm. feels like that you're in the waves with him. Um, I'm sure, like, when you're looking back at the footage and, and pieces it all together afterwards, you must have felt the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually... That was kind of almost the challenge of the film, is is how do you get across the subjective experience of, of Kirby? Because I think unless you do that in some way, however you achieve it, you don't understand him, because that's where it's at. It's 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 What's it like being on that wave? And, and you, you, you try everything. It's not just the cinematography, the sound design is extraordinary process oh. it's, itself. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote down the when those waves mm. crash, it sounded like a cannon. That's mm. what it sounded like. You can almost kind of feel like the, the, your own like place, your own environment where you are shuddering when it kind of hits. I'm sure like, like I saw it on the screen, I'm sure like in a cinema experience it would have been just something else. Have you, have you seen it like in a big screen, in like during festival runs? No, COVID has denied me this experience, so I'm going to be I'm going to be seeing it for the first time in a cinema with like awesome. uh, audiences when it gets released. That's awesome because I mean it's just I mean it's just incredible the what what Rick did with the photography and how you guys piece it together. But then you have the flip side to it where you have kind of like this big kind of like big wave element, but then you got to get to go down to really nucleus of a man. Um, especially in regards to his connection with his family and kind of like 
how his dreams and his addiction, there's always kind of like a balancing act between the two. Mm. Um, and I think that's what's really interesting about Kirby is that when he doesn't have like his time in the ocean to kind of cleanse himself and exercise himself with the demons, he goes into kind of other areas and territories. When it comes to that part of his, um, his life, what's it like to speak to him in regards to that? And also to his family, because his family plays a big part in this movie. His brother Courtney is there all the time, his partner, his father, um, his mum as well. I mean, it must have been something else to really not only see this man as the surfer, but this man as kind of like this human being who has so much invested in his addictions that sometimes you don't know where that those begin and where he ends yeah yeah and and it's it he, he would say exactly as as much and and i think that's that's the definition of us all you know we we define ourselves we're not we're not this somehow this hermetically sealed you know being that's sort of floating around you know part of it part of us is how we interact with nature part of us is how we interact with other people especially family and um he he himself um, said that that was really, really important to him to, to get across in the film. Um, just how important, particularly his relationship with his brother, but also his partner and, he, and his parents. Um, he also was said that he really wanted to explore and reveal that, that darker side of him, the, that addictive nature, that, 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 the thing that happens to him when he doesn't have um, a wave. Uh, and a scary, a scary wave. Mm. Um, so, uh, look, I thought that was, you know, just as brave uh, a thing to do as, as to get on one of these monsters, um, perhaps even braver. Uh, uh, but he really wanted to go there um, because he felt like that's an important reflection of, of who he is. It almost seems mm. like he's taming the storm within as he's trying to, like, control the storm without. And it's just such a really interesting position that he finds himself in especially at the end of the film. Don't want to give away what happens because it is a kind of a shocking moment, but I don't know where he's at now, Kirby, in regards to as, as a surfer. Has, has the oceans tamed him? Has he kind of changed his uh, attitude in any way towards the kind of like the more daredevil aspect of his passion um, in regard because of what happens to him in the movie? Or has he kind of gone back out there in the waves? Do you know which way he's kind of gone with his life? Look, um, I, don't, I don't think it will ruin it too much for everybody but he's he's alive he's <laughs> important yeah. um uh but he 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 is not on the big waves back on the big waves but uh the last i spoke to him he has every intention right. of working his way back onto those waves but it's still a doubt whether or not he'll be physically able to do that um, in terms of changes that he's undergone, like he, he's also said that he, he has, as a consequence of what he's been through, uh, developed a, a, a more keen sense of the importance of his family and paying attention to those, you know, what we can see is like the smaller moments, I guess, around us, um, and, but, you know, realising that they are indeed important, like the time that you spend with your children, etc., it's interesting. It almost seems like he's come to terms with his mortality in a certain way, hasn't he? Yeah, I guess he's, you know, I think he might have thought about that his entire life. Like his tattoos are full of skulls and <laughs> death imagery. And I think it's, um, I think it's something that's, that's plagued him. And I think, I think that's actually one of his motivations for wanting to get out there. He just wants to live his life because he knows it's short. Mm. And he also knows that, you know, for an athlete, it's actually... You know, you do actually only have a set set period of time before you just can't do it anymore. 
Um, so I think he's keenly aware of that. But I guess what's shifted, you know, in knowing that your, your life is short is, is maybe a recalibration about what's important. Right. And, you know, it's just such a fantastic documentary. And uh, I just want to say thank you so very much, Bentley Dean, for talking to me today. For everyone listening, uh, March 10, Facing Monsters, Australian Cinemas, watch this on a big screen. You guys need to take be part of the experience. You need to see the waves. You need to feel it. You need to hear the sound effects. You need all of it because I think it's just such an incredibly immersive visually story and also narrative as well. It's just a really well done movie. And uh, thank you so very much for your time. And hopefully we can talk again in the future with other projects as well. We'd love to. Thank you very much.